Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 88 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. It's never too early to start planning for the new season, so this week I'm starting to look at my plans for next year, so stay tuned for some new hive plans and some thoughts on what we'll be getting up to for 2020. short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me welcome to another podcast and as i prepare this week's update i'm looking at some very dull gray skies outside we've had more rain although today is dry and we're settling into that familiar late autumn early winter feel to conditions unfortunately the forecast is for possibly more rain and it would be nice to have a prolonged spell of dry weather now just to let the land soak up all of the surface water that we've got Spring always seems such a long way off at this point, and although we've only just put our hive tools down, it seems such a long time ago that we were last inspecting bees. That's not to say there isn't work to be getting on with, of course. Sometimes, as a small commercial beekeeping outfit, it can seem like there's just too much to do. I find myself in the space between having enough for one person to get on with and needing further full-time support to really move the business forward. I'm sure there are many people out there running their own businesses, trying to grow and finding challenges at every corner, and in a similar position. I have to say the dreaded back problem has been a constant niggle. It's improving, but always there to remind me not to go too fast. I think I get a bit frustrated knowing that I could do so much more with the business, but being limited with the available space that we have, I just have to take it one step at a time. Talking of time, it's time to put some major plans down on paper, and I guess if I share my plans and goals with you, I might just have to go through with them. I'm even thinking of giving you a monthly update of each of the goals, just to keep me focused. As you're probably aware, I do tend to get distracted quite easily, and what was once the number one priority sometimes slips down the pecking order. So today's podcast is an opportunity for me to share with you, in no particular order as yet, my thoughts on some of the ways that we'll proceed next year to build the business and enjoy the journey at the same time. So first up is an overhaul of the Patreon page. I need to improve the way the videos and podcasts are delivered. I think the quality of the videos is pretty good, even though I say so myself. And we have some great camera gear. And apart from an occasional out-of-focus shot, I think we get a pretty good image of what we're trying to do. That said, I want to create a series of videos for the season, following a particular method or apiary or colony. A kind of warts and all reality TV series. I was thinking maybe we could set up a brand new apiary with new colonies created for the purpose to show how someone might start with just a couple of hives and end up with an apiary of maybe 8 or 12 hives by the end of the season. Perhaps we should concentrate on queen rearing again as I know this is an area that I get an awful lot of questions about. I have over the previous few seasons created a number of queen rearing videos but I don't think we've created a full series showing start to finish what happens, the good bits, the bad bits and of course all the mistakes that happen along the way. So if anyone out there has any thoughts on a video series for next year please do get in touch. 
I also want to offer a few beekeeping days specifically for my supporters on Patreon, so do look out for news about those on the Patreon website. These will be heavily discounted days for those long-term supporters, a way, if you like, for me to say thank you for sticking with me. I've mentioned before that I want to build a top bar hive. Well, I think I have just the material to be able to do it now. Well, at least part of the material. I was given some very long pallets with some very good looking wood. The pallets are about three meters long. So I intend carefully breaking them down and using the wood to make a top bar hive. I've had some downloaded instructions on how to build it for several years, but I've just never seemed to find the time to get it done. This year, I really want to sort it out and make it my priority. It's not that I think using a top bar hive is a better way to keep bees, or it's more effective in any way. It's simply that a lot of people have suggested that I give it a try. And to be honest, lots of older, wiser beekeepers have suggested that I would be mad to keep bees in a top bar hive. So of course, if someone tells me not to do something, what am I supposed to do? Of course, I'll be using the expert woodworking skills of Pete at the workshop to help me with the construction work, and we'll see how we get on. I haven't actually asked him yet, but I'm sure he'll be up for the task. I can see several expletive-filled videos being produced with this project, so do stay tuned for all of the drama, and no doubt there'll be plenty of comedy moments too. As I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, we're going into the winter with something around 75 to 80 colonies. I fully expect to come out of the winter with no less than 70 to 75 colonies. There's no reason why we should suffer greater losses than this. On that basis, it will give us a really decent number of colonies to start the new season, and enable us to take full advantage of any proposed projects or goals that we set over this winter. So back to the projects and goals. Not that it has anything specifically to do with beekeeping, but I'd really like to find another house to rent with more land, The house we have at the moment is fine, but it has such a small garden. I'd love to be able to wander down to the bottom of the garden and check up on my queen rearing, or perhaps invite fellow beekeepers over for a queen rearing day. If I got half a dozen beekeepers to hold hands, we could probably stretch from my back door to the fence at the bottom of my current garden, so you can tell it's not huge. Anyway, that aside, and to be honest, I'm not holding my breath, I'm definitely focusing once more on queen rearing. The losses we suffered last spring due to drone-laying queens was a major hit, and I really need to make sure that we have plenty of young queens heading up our colonies with less desire to swarm. So the primary trait of being calm bees is going to be quickly followed by the search for less swarmy bees, and I do have a couple of colonies in mind. This for me is one of the very interesting and enjoyable parts of beekeeping. I know it can be terribly frustrating, spending time and effort trying to produce the holy grail of the beekeeping world, that perfect queen, but I do find it fascinating and it's a fun challenge. Watching as the newly emerged queens, accepted by their new mini-colonies, fly out to mate, return and begin to grow their own colonies. Waiting and watching to see what kind of worker bees develop from the mix of random genetics secured at her mating. Sometimes we get lucky and our queens develop well-rounded colonies, calm on the comb, evenly tempered, disease-free, eager to collect nectar and pollen and turn the former into honey. Other times we maybe have to put up with bees that run around on the comb more than we would like, or maybe they even have a little chalk brood, or that they get a little excitable when they're inspected. Whatever the outcome, it's always interesting to see, 
and I'm lucky to be able to pick and choose those queens that go on to head up our main production colonies. So with that in mind, queen rearing will be a major part of our routines next season, and I'll be looking to further develop our queen rearing site with more colonies of a preferred set of traits. I'll be looking again at darker bees. My preference is for near-native bees, and I always seem to get close to where I want to be with the darker bee. I do find that the greater mix of stripy bees in a colony makes them more challenging to handle. It's not always the case, of course, but it just adds to the puzzle of trying to narrow the selection criteria down. But I generally find that abdomen colour is the easiest way to select. This past season, I found grafting very young larvae into Nico cell cups and JZBZ cell cups by far the easiest method. I had fully intended to use the Nico system in its entirety, but it was so easy to graft using the Chinese grafting tools that I never got round to setting up the cage. The Chinese grafting tool is the simple bamboo pen with the plastic flexible tip and a plunger that gently pushes the young larvae off the tip and into the cell. I did find seeing the very smallest larvae more tricky this year, so I might well invest in a magnifier to help next season. Why make things difficult for yourself when there are tools out there that can help? Even wearing my reading glasses, I found that sometimes I was looking at what I thought were young larvae, when in fact it was just a small piece of wax or debris that had fallen into the cell. One of the main ways for rearing queens for us this past season has been using the BS Honey 2-in-1 nukes, they were really effective and didn't really give me any trouble at all. The main reason I prefer them is that splitting them into the three frame nukes gives me a comfortable margin of time when I introduce either queen cells or new queens. I have tried using the mini mating nukes previously and I found them to be problematic for me. I'm sure it's down to my management of the system rather than the mini nukes themselves as I've seen plenty of beekeepers using them with great success. I only have about 15 of the mini mating nukes and we're going to give them another try next year to see if I can improve my technique. The thing with the three frame nukes is I can leave them for a longer period of time while the queens are settling down after mating without constantly checking to see if all is okay. So the plan is to invest in more of those nukes to increase our capacity for queen rearing. I also need to repair some of the ply commercial nukes we have as over time the ply has blown apart and the boxes are only really good for the bonfire. I have about 10 of these boxes that need replacing so that's another job for over winter really rather than next season. We do have several new apiary sites coming online next year. One is a commercial garden attraction and I need to visit to plan with the owners and management to see where they'd like the bees to live. It's quite exciting, as it's also a location with a coffee shop and a gift area, so I think we'll be able to add to our list of honey stockists too. It'll be really nice to be able to supply them with honey from the bees literally on their own site. Thinking ahead to colony numbers again next year, I'd like to really add at least another 50% to our numbers, maybe another 30 or 40 colonies, and that will take us up to something like 110 to 120 in total. I think we should also be in a position to actively start selling overwintered nukes and queens into 2021, so to also create a number of nukes late summer to set up for overwinter would also be an excellent target for us. I don't really know what number to put on it, as a lot will depend on how the season progresses, 
but I would think we'll look to fill all of the nuke boxes so that they can overwinter with bees in them, maybe 40 or 50 nukes. The search for collaboration ideas continues. I really enjoy showing how different hive types work, hence the top bar hive, but I'm also looking to create more apiaries, and that needs more equipment. Producing season-long videos using a particular brand of hive works well for both me and the manufacturer, as I get a long trial period showing all aspects of the hive setup, and the manufacturers get their products out there in front of a very large audience. The great thing about hives generally is that they're all pretty good when it comes to keeping bees in them, so although I don't have a particular favourite, I am able to give my views on how they function, and this allows the beekeeper watching the opportunity to make a decision on what they see. The single biggest difference between hive types over recent season for me has been the materials used, mostly either wooden hives or polystyrene hives. I was originally a bit sniffy about the poly hives, but over the past few seasons, having tried out a few types, I have to say that they've grown on me, particularly with the ongoing back problem that I have. I'm hoping I can develop another poly hive apiary for next season, so do keep an eye on the videos for updates of that. Something I do need to do is to get several of my bee suits repaired. With all of the courses I run and the day-to-day -day use of the suits during inspections, I've managed to mangle several zips. Absolutely not the fault of the bee suit, just the constant use and weekly, sometimes daily washing that they get. I do very much like the BB Wear bee suits that I use. I find them really comfortable and easy to use, and for any beginner beekeeper out there, if they're thinking of a bee suit for Christmas, I would suggest a full suit rather than a jacket. It's not so much the extra protection it gives, but it's more about the confidence that it gives you. When you're zipped up in your full bee suit, you know you're all tucked in, and not going to have it ride up somewhere over your belt buckle and have the bees start to investigate where they can get in. This then allows you to concentrate on your beekeeping rather than worrying about the bees. I'm hoping to arrange to get my bee suits repaired in the coming quieter months and maybe even pop down to see BB wear and shoot a video or two. Thinking of jobs that I've managed to do, I finally managed to get the tow bar fitted to the truck, which is now back on the road after having the replacement turbo replaced, as it was also faulty. I must get over to the workshop and lend a hand rubbing down the steel frame of the trailer so we can get on with treating the rust. Then William can weld in the new crossbeams and we can get everything back together and road test it. We need all of that to happen, as I've just agreed to take our bees back to the farm that grew the oilseed rape this past season. They have another large field, this time it's 66 acres, and we've agreed to help out with pollination services again. I took a drive around it a couple of days ago, and although it was raining heavily, I was able to see the areas that we can sight the hives, away from the roads and out of sight from everyone, unless you have to drive down the farm track. Of course, once the plants are growing strongly, they'll obscure the hives completely, so we'll delay placing the hives until we get to that point, I think. I'm always nervous about placing hives where there's open access. Hopefully, we'll be able to visit and inspect, and no one will ever know that we were there. I'm going to modify how we place the hives next year on the oilseed rape. I have a folding wooden frame stand and intend making more of these to take over to the field. This will get the bees up and away from the ground and hopefully allow more airflow around them. I really wasn't happy with the pallet-based system that we used this season and I think it will make a positive difference to the well-being of the colonies. Of course, making the hive stands is yet another job to add to the growing list currently pinned to the wall of the workshop. 
but I'm sure we'll be able to get the vast majority of them done in good time for the new season, which, if the weather is kind to us, could be just 14 or 15 weeks away. I think I better get started on that list. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for all your comments and support. And if you're not yet familiar with Patreon, do catch up with more of my beekeeping journey by checking out the content list on my creator page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Have a great week and thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>